Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. We're back in already. Welcome to Catholic Stuff. This is Father Mike. Father Nathan. Round two. Good evening. It's a little chilly outside. Yeah, it's fall. Dude, I just went by the Denver. Oh, well, I have um, Mass at St. Elizabeth of Hungary, Raria Campus. And across the way is Denver Performing Arts Complex. True. And I saw this big banner that said Tosca oh, in yeah. November. Uh huh. And I love opera. And I wanted to, t- to see Tosca for a long time. I'd be down. I've listened to it a lot. And when I was in Rome, my dream was to see Tosca. They do um, the performance on the top of Castel Sant'Angelo. And do you remember that place? Castel Sant'Angelo is like there's a tunnel that runs from St. Peter's over to this old castle. Hmm. That has like a moat and it's, yeah. it's now a museum, but yeah. it's like this round building. It was like Hadrian's yeah. uh, tomb or something like that. And Tosca takes place in three places. One is the Church of St. Andrew, the first act. And then one is in Tivoli and for the second act. And then the third act is on the um, top of Castel Sant'Angelo. Okay. And it ends, spoiler alert... With Tosca throwing herself off the, the roof. Um, and you can watch it. They show it annually. They put on the opera on the roof of Castel Sant'Angelo. Wow. And that was always my dream, but I never... I think it was the wrong season. I think it was during summer and I was gone. Uh, the, only f- the only opera I've ever seen live is De Zaubeflute. Yeah. Uh, with uh, the magic flute. And I took Gronsky. And it was amazing. He likes that stuff, right? He loved it. That's Mozart. Yes. He didn't like, he doesn't like some of the uh, Aryan uh, pagan themes um, in uh, Magic Flute because, as he pointed out, at the end of Mozart's life, um, he became kind of obsessed with this paganism. And he was like, eh, it's not. He's like, I, I didn't like that aspect of, of Mozart, but, I mean, the the Queen of the Night, like the aria of the Queen of the Night is exceptionally good. Mm. So, anyways. Well, um, so that's Tosca. Yeah, I'd it's go see there. it. Well, that's good, because I was wondering, who am I going to see this with? The I was going to throw it out there to podcast land and say, hey, anybody like opera, come and watch the Tosca with me. Yeah. But if you're in. What was actually that's not true. I went and saw another opera live uh with Sinit and somebody else, maybe Christy Walsh, um at DU. Um and I can't remember which one it was now. So anyways. I saw Dizalba's Flute in Vienna. Come to think of it. You can stand at the back of Vienna Opera. And pay like six bucks or something. Wow! I mean, it's super expensive otherwise because it's a famous opera house. Sure, but you can you have to stand the whole time. It's like three hours. It's long, but it was well worth it. I mean, I it's just spectacular there, and uh, it's a very fond memory. It was like around New Year's, and I was alone. I you know these things are better with people, but uh, it was great. 
Oh, uh, let's see. Why don't we talk about? We just did a Rona podcast. We did the Corona Bologna. So I hate to. I don't know. It was a. Um, I don't. It's somber is the wrong word. It's just not like super light. So I'm gonna make it even more intense. I either had like a St. Joseph podcast or a rant, but I don't feel ranty. Okay. So we're going to go with St. Joseph. That's good because we are nearing the end of St. Joseph, the year of St. Joseph, and I am already planning my December 8th uh, because that's the end of it. That's the end of the um, the year of St. Joseph. So if you, if you haven't already considered whether or not you're going to do the consecration of St. Joseph and everything, this coming end of the month is the beginning of the final... Uh, consecration to St. Joseph. Like a 40-day? Yeah, so that it would end on December 8th. Oh, yeah. Um, so I did my consecration to Our Lady um, on um, on Mount Carmel um, at the Our Lady of Mount Carmel um, on the tomb of, of, or not tomb, the cave of Elijah. Oh, yeah. It was freaking awesome. Oh, that's so cool. So this year, I'm going to coincide it with Consecration to St. Joseph on in the year of St. Joseph, except I haven't figured out where I'm going to do it. That's, yeah, I'm I, I'm impressed, and I'm kind of jealous. I haven't thought on, about that. Get on board. I'll get you on You want to do it? Yeah. You do Tosca, I'll do St. Joseph. No, like, I mean, um, at the end of the month, I, I don't know when it is, like the 20, 23rd or whatever is, is, the, is the beginning of the, you know, 40 days, so. Are you working with that book? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't. I started it, but then I got maybe like I don't know a dozen days in. And I heard it's pretty long. Yeah, maybe there were a couple dudes that were like, they're like, Father, like I'm all about Saint Joseph. Dude was a worker, and they want me to read like twelve pages. I have no time for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do what it's you a can. Big read. Do what you can. Um, yeah, we can do it. Um, okay. I'm trying so. to get my sister. My sister has a. So we're still on baby watch. And my sister has this uh, way of naming her children that is, it has to be sequentially, um, alphabetically in order. Um, so the, the the first initial has to be in alphabetical order. So you can't skip or go back. So right now it's E, K, and L. And then... Um, the 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 name has to have a double consonant. Okay, I got so, one. So Emma, but this is the end of the line. Emma Wally, Wally. <laughs> but the problem is they've already done L. They've already done L. Oh, so, so you can't have any. Yeah. So I mean, she's already done Emma, Kennedy, and Lillian. So the next one has to be oh. after L with a double consonant. But that's the weird thing is like the double consonants because the first one was M, N, and L. So apparently you can go backwards. So um, so I said, do Joseph, you know, um, Giuseppe. Oh, yeah, Giuseppe. That's but, it. But she said um, it's a G. Yeah. I was going to say Barry. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Barry. Yeah, I like that. But um, you, we can't go backward. But uh, so then I said, what about Yosef? Y-O-U-S-S-E-F. Yeah. Yosef. Anyways. 
Terry. Yeah. You're going to have some. Also, yes. Also, Joseph or Giuseppe are going to get Terrence. them picked on in school. What? Aren't they? What? Joseph and Giuseppe. Why? Juice. Oh, you're not, you're not going to be made fun of People. if your name is Hunter or Blake. Yeah. Okay. Good Whatever. point. You just get made fun of. Blake with a double K. Block. Block. Block A. Um, my sister is now Baki with a double K. What? Do you know that? Rose? Uh, Rose. No. Come on. Maggie. Maggie married Alex Baki. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Double K. All right. So. What I don't is even the know. origin of Baki? Um, there are. Well, I. I don't know that particular name, but Euripides has a play called the Bacchae. Hmm. And it's, oh, that's fun. I could do a podcast on the Bacchae. The Bacchae. I, I think it's really fascinating. Well, what's that origin? Terrifying kind of Is it um, tragedy. Greek? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Bacchus. Bacchus is the hmm. god of wine. Yeah. And that's what the Bacchae is named I after. tried to get... So I, maybe my, my uh, brother-in-law is the child of the the wine hmm. i tried to get my friend to name her uh daughter marcella marcella mm. and then i looked up it's from mars oh goddess of god of war god of war so it was like warlike woman and i'm like we need we have enough of those right now so <laughs> so anyway scratch marcella yeah marcella was gonna but i think that's a great name cella i'm trying to think if there's any saint that ended up like that marcella but anyhow yeah um, I don't know if we've covered this, but I'm looking, out, I'm looking out at the leaves that are changing colors right now. And I remembered as I was driving over here, once the sun went down, because I'm driving west and it was like real, mm. the glare. That's kind of scary driving in that anyway. Yeah. On the highway. But then the sun is, is like coming down behind the mountains. And you're not a sunglasses wearer. Ah, uh, not really. You're not. How do you know that though? I know you. You lose a lot of things, and it's another yeah. thing that you feel like you would lose, and um, you're, you don't normally wear sunglasses. Somebody asked me this, and I don't, I think I've asked you this before, but um, there's like an ecosystem of you lose your sunglasses, and then you find other ones. Yeah. How long do you have to wait for something to be in the lost and found before you can pick it up and wear it? Um, I want to say a month. Really? Yeah. I'm th- more like six months. But oh. I mean, there's just like storage at the church, like a bunch of stuff. Nobody's come looking for. Yeah, but the thing is, the cool thing about it is if you break them out, somebody could literally be like, hey, those are my sunglasses. And you'd be like, oh, I just found them in the lost and found. Here you go. And then you just get a new pair. See, that to me sounds terrifying. Getting really? caught with somebody else's <laughs> gear. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just like really embarrassing. I don't know. I mean, I'd feel I'd feel that more with like pants. you know well true so all right so i'm driving over and just um admiring the excruciating beauty of colorado got it purple mountains majesty Mm -hmm. and then i'm coming down toward or north toward joan of arc and the leaves are brilliant yes they are you got red leaves you got yellow leaves they're looking great right now it's fantastic fall watching is the hashtag is it fall washing yeah Yeah. and you got the aspens in the high country and i just made that retreat in snow mass the colors are brilliant and it's 
got me thinking on how God built into the world and into nature the beauty of dying. You know? Yeah. Here the leaves are dying, they're falling, they but they have this like spectacular change as they're going out. Mm-hmm. And there's a glory to it and a serenity to the whole feel of this season and what's going on around us in you know, like the covered with beauty, you know, the change itself. There's something beautiful about springtime and the fresh green, but there's also something profoundly beautiful about this time of death. And of course, that's um, why we celebrate the souls and the saints during this time. Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, mm-hmm. you know, the um, the celebration of of dying, which for the Christian is indeed a celebration. It's um, to to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Saint Paul says, "I'd rather go, but I'm going to stay here for you." And there's for the for the Christian, it's um, passing from what well, what we say: uh, life has changed, not ended. Yeah. And it's passing from this the womb of life on this side into a much longer life and a much fuller and more real life on the other side. Not to downplay the beauty of this life, um, but there's something hopeful about death for us. And um, with the year of St. Joseph, I have been, and and this kind of sort of uh, contemplation of memento mori, you know, remember death. And um, I was reminded of how St. Joseph, yes, he's the worker. Yes, he's the um, father of Jesus. He's also the patron of a happy death. Yeah. Right? And so I thought I should pray with St. Joseph. And I've been around death a lot recently with anointings and um, children. I know I've been bringing this up for the last couple of months, but um, all kinds of situations. Um, Friends, uh, family members dying, you know, funerals of people that I, you know, I care about. And um, had a lot of infants die, right? Infants dying. Yeah. I've been going to the hospital a lot just to anoint people who are dying. And it's brought up the question of what is a happy death. Hmm. And if you're praying with St. Joseph, I'm praying for a happy death. But it's brought to my mind thoughts of what would I like, you know? What what would my happy death look like? Sure. Um, we don't get to control that. We don't get to decide how we're gonna how we're gonna die. I had a po- profound grace at one point when I was praying at the the tomb of Jesus. You know, no better place to to pray. And you can get locked in to the Holy Sepulchre, oh, yeah. and stay there overnight. And I got the chance to pray alone in the tomb. And I had one of the most profound graces of my life. I didn't expect it. I wasn't stirring it up. In fact, my prayer was kind of kind of stale, like leading up to this. But I had, I kind of was just like transported to death, and to my death. And I had the experience of a very peaceful and simple sense of I'm home and I can rest. Mm. And I have a very restless mind. I have a very restless kind of personality and constitution in a lot of ways. And that was so 
freeing and joyful that I know that there's going to be peace in death. And I'm, I, I'm relieved by that. It's not like I'm looking forward to that. That's a pretty intense thing generally, but um, that was a great gift from God. I don't know why I was given that gift. I don't know why that particular prayer, but I'm very, very grateful for it. I don't have a lot of those kind of like profound mystical experiences where I really feel like God gave me this vision or, Mm. you know, um, feeling or whatever it is, uh, message or something. But that is one. And, um, and so that on, on that point, like the transitus, like actually the end is for me just something that I don't, I'm not afraid of and I'm, uh, find very peaceful. Um, but then on the other hand, there's dying and, um, the suffering that leads up to it. So when I understand Jesus hates death and it's the enemy of man and he conquered the enemy of man, I, th- I consider that, I think of that more like the process of breaking apart and suffering and um, becoming weak and helpless. In That's not necessarily bad, but just the suffering that goes with dying, you know, and the people who suffer with you and um, that are going to be at a loss and all of these realities of death. Um, but then I said, like, what what would make my death a happy death? And um, so I send you that question of like, have, mm. what elements do you think would make for um, a happy death? And I'm kind of springing that on you. So it's not like yeah. I'm expecting you to have sure. a lot of answers, but um, have you, um, are you asking me personally what I'm hoping? Yeah. What would you want? What would you want? On your deathbed, um, what would be happy for you? You know, did you ever do that thing where it's like, what What if you were going to have your last meal? You know, like, what would you want your last? Like if you're going to the firing squad? Yeah, something? exactly. You know, I've thought about that. Like French toast? No, but no, that's cool. Do you like French toast? I like French toast. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Like, uh, that seems a little sweeter than the savory side. I know. I don't know why, but, it's but I the really egg. like... It's the egg, you know. That, yeah, you know. they're savory to French toast. Yeah. Brioche. Do you like the brioche French toast? I don't know what that means. Is uh, it crispier? Brioche is like a like a yolky sweet bread. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, I know what you you're can talking make, about. You can make uh, French toast out of it, and it's very, it's very dense and very good. Oh, yeah, that's fancy. Uh, Kay Wheeler used to make French toast out of Texas toast. And it was always like, this is, this is like, I mean, we were never a a Texas toast family. So when I would go over to her house and she would make Texas toast, French toast, it was like, you are living high on the hog right now. Um, it's just cause it's thicker and it's like, yeah, it just soaks, soaks it it up, soaks in more of the, more of the cinnamon, whatever. Um, so, Wait, what's your so what's your meal? Oh, I mean, I, you just think about different things, you know. Like um to me it's like there is probably going to have to be some fried chicken. Um and it'll definitely have to have a milkshake. Uh, um personal pan pizza that's with free clutch with uh I like sausage and green pepper. Okay. Or pepperoni and jalapeno. 
Yeah. So um, there's sort of like the basic things of like, I don't know, I don't really want to suffer very much. Um, but like, I guess because I've lived in I've lived in the dead zone, you know, of St. Joan of Arc for a long time. So we, you know, as as we say in the companions, Father Brian, Father Brian marries him and Father Nathan buries him. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I've been at a number of different bedsides. Um, one thing that I hope would happen would be I don't want others to be afraid uh, to be near me mm. when I'm dying. Oftentimes I see how intimidated people are. Um, and and I, I was, you know, for the longest time. When I was a kid and my grandpa was dying, I mean, I remember being like as close to the door as possible mm. because I was like, I shouldn't be here. This is weird. This is awkward. Um, and you want to like see the person and then like run away. Like almost use hand sanitizer afterwards. Like, ugh, hope that didn't get on me. Um, and now it's just like you want to be closer to people as they're dying. Mm. Gronsky said to me once, we were we were very blessed in that um, Father Mike, Father John, myself, Andrea, all were able to go out uh, to spend uh, some of Father Gronsky's final days with him. Um, and he said, um, I'm so grateful that you guys just came you know to to be with me um and i said i said or you said i can't remember that it's it's better to be in the house of mourning than in the house of rejoicing Mm. because it's it's more honest like the things that you say to each other when it's the final days is far more profound than a lot of the jibber jabber that we just kind of talk about randomly um and uh and i i was grateful that father Gronsky allowed us to to share that moment with him because uh, just as easily it could just be like you kind of do your dying thing and we're just going to send you our love from a distance and i would want people to be with me yeah um I would want I would want to to actually have gotten to the point where I believed that God forgave my sins. Mm. And sometimes I think I believe that and sometimes I don't. And when I got ordained, um I felt like I had to go to confession right before I got ordained because I was like I want to make sure that everything's perfect. So I went to confession to Father Gronsky, and I was so nervous that I couldn't think of any sins. Oh, yeah. um, and eventually I was just like, I'm just sorry for anything and everything that I've ever done. Um, and I think there is a way in which um, I was foolish to think that I was going to get everything perfect before like I received that great gift. Mm. And I think there is something foolish in thinking that you're going to get everything perfect before you receive the great gift of death. Yeah. So I would hope that I have already gotten to the point where I believed that I had been forgiven instead of hoping that that finally takes five minutes before I die. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, in some way I, you know, reflecting on a lot of the similar, similar, 
desires. I want to have, I want to have friends and family there. I'd like, and I've thought of specific people that I would really love to have there. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would hope that I could tell the people that I care about, um, forgive me for the things that I've done wrong to you. And, um, and I love you, you know, um, there, I would want to, I would want to be forgiven by everyone that I had hurt, but I know that that's not possible. You know, that's one of those things where like, you know, you can't get all that sure. and, and or to have everybody that you would want there or something like that. Um, but I had this thought one, I mean, one piece is the gift of the sacraments, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, want to receive the anointing of the Lord and want to be prepared spiritually for death and be able to make a good confession um, to be able to receive the Eucharist and like viaticum, you know, they used to talk about viaticum, like the food for the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to feel right with God, but also a sense of the presence of, I like to call to mind the, um, the presence of Mary and Jesus when I'm anointing someone who's dying and then there's this commendation of the soul, you know, in our ritual yeah. that has a, a litany of the saints. And I love that. Um, so I would hope that I get to hear that. And um, But even I had the thought of the that dilemma that you're talking about, of like you can't get everything right and you can't be, um, I don't know, you can't do all your amends. You can't, you know, that you have some regrets and that you can't like take back all the sins you know you try to make things right you try to be like honest with yourself and looking at life at the time but then i had the thought that well you get anointed and i don't know about the sacrament uh, the, the theology here i'll have to ask father, father matt book about this mm. but the oil oil is a symbol of um healing i mean it's always been like uh, an agent of healing yeah. like medicine and it gets into your bones, you know, makes you strong. And um, but it's also a sign of your glory and dignity at, at baptism. And I, I thought about that, and I was really moved at the thought that you're given this, you're reminded of your dignity in the anointing at the end of life. Um, or, you know, you can get anointed and not be dying. You know, people get scared about that. So I want to be clear that anointing of the sick isn't just when you're going to die. Um, but hopefully I receive that when I'm going to die. And, um, but that kind of calm of like, it's okay, you're loved and you have dignity and you don't have to be afraid even if you're not sure about your sin mm-hmm. and your life or did I do everything I could have or yeah. did I mess things up? Yeah. And, um, but just you're loved, you know, and you're loved by God and you're going to God. And, I think there's something wishful thinking that we like to say those nice things, but the church gives us reminders, yeah. like deep reminders of how this is true and um, really prepares us for that, um, for that moment. And I don't know, you know, I, nobody knows how they're going to go. Nobody knows. A lot of times you're uh, comatose, but mm-hmm. I would hope they say that the hearing is the last thing to go. And I, I hope that I would, um, be able to hear the voice of prayers and the voice of loved ones who are still around, you know, um, that to me would be parts of happy death. 
Not to say that if I died in a car crash, that wouldn't be, you know, death is a gift. But, um, or that God has to like fulfill that expectation. So I'm going to read some of these prayers to St. Joseph for a happy death. Mm -hmm. And they include some of these pieces of, you know, um, peace and um, removal of sin and the presence of the saints. Um, but I can't, I can't dictate the terms, right? Yeah. I mean, death is going to come how it comes, and <clears throat> it's going to be beautiful in its way, and it, mysteriously. And um, even the, the spirituality of the cross is letting go and an invitation. Um, every night we pray these psalms that are meant to re- remind us of sleep is a little death. It's a little letting go of all the problems of life and all of the mm-hmm. anxieties and everything. And we say, now you let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord, you know. Um, Simeon's prayer yeah. of uh, a happy death, you know, inviting a happy death. Um, yeah, so any thoughts before I read? Well, yeah, it's beautiful. I love, I love kind of contemplating this stuff because, you know, so often we just— we're like, yeah, yeah, I, I would like that, but we don't actually think, well, what is it about it that you want? Um, you know, hearing that the word about the oil, um, you know, reminds me of, you know, Psalm 23, which, you know, we say so often, but, you know, sometimes I forget, like, it's in that psalm that it says, um, you anoint my head with oil, Um you prepare a table before me in the sign of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Mm-hmm. There used to be this beautiful, I'm such a sucker for uh, kind of sappy um, um, Christian em- emotionalism because uh, of my time in tech and coiny and everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for the same. But there used, to be a, there used to be a song that we would sing uh, that was like, you are worthy, you are mighty, you are holy, um, holy. You are holy. You are mighty. You are worthy, worthy of praise. I will follow. I will listen. I will love you all of my days. And then it was a sing song. So the men would sing, mm-hmm. and then the wi- women would sing, and then it was like, and I will sing to and worship the King who is worthy. I will love him, adore him. I will bow down before him. You're the prince of peace, and I will live my life for you. And then they, we would sing like Psalm 23, and you prepare this table before me and everything. Um, and just like thinking about like the the church at prayer, um, uh, as you know, people are in their their death agony just right now, um, and. Uh, to know like there is this triumphal hymn of praise that is you know ongoing beckoning persons of faith to actually entrust themselves more fully into the embrace of God um you know even if even if it's not physically apparent in that room when that person is anointed or when that person cries out for the mercy of God like there's already voices, you know, beckoning to them. And so, um, yeah, I mean, like those those reunions of, you know, faith that happen, like, on retreat and everything. 
I mean, I, I sometimes think about how amazing um, when you do actually die, um, that event of communion will will be erupted into like you're you're being shot out of a volcano into the embrace of so many people. Um, and that's astounding. Um, so I don't, I used to fear death a lot. Um, and the longer I live the Christian life, the more I actually want to die. Um, and I, uh, there are moments where I, I even think that I think about it like a little too much, like <laughs> living is sometimes a little more challenging yeah. than just like, man, at some point, like it's all going to come to a beautiful end. Um, so, uh, yeah. So the blessedness, the, the oil, um, and, uh, not being able to get everything you want. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just, I, I just really enjoy, I really enjoy the, futility of not being able to be in control and then it's like lord but i kind of want control and i death is not control and so uh the word that i have more so is just entrustment um and uh you know it says i don't remember what litany it's in but it's like from a sudden and unprepared for death deliver us O lord yeah right um and uh, I've really started more so banking on the Sacred Heart. Mm. Um, I've always loved the Sacred Heart, but like I've recently got into the promises of the Sacred Heart. And one of them is like, I will not abandon you at the hour of death. Mm. And I'm like, I believe that. Like, and I don't know how that's going to happen. And there are people that I don't think had a real devotion to the Sacred Heart. And yet I can point to the fact that I don't believe that they were abandoned at the hour of death. Mm. Um, so um, our God's generous. St. Joseph is certainly, uh, you know, the patron of the of happy death. Um, that's one of the reasons why um, in this year of St. Joseph I actually want to consecrate myself because, not because it's like, um, all right, then you have to take care of this, but it's like you didn't know how you were going to die and you died in the embrace of the blessed mother and Jesus. Sounds like a pretty good. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty, pretty good, good deal. Go. Yeah, so well, and you there is something that grows uh, that desire for heaven, that desire for death, that desire to see God as he is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um that as mysterious as that is in our uh in our theology and in our prayers. But um it also gives you like th- contemplating death and the beauty of death and like i think this meditation on who would i want there mm-hmm. also gives you a, a, some perspective about what you value like i'm not going to be worrying about the bumper on my car true i'm not going to be worried about the paper on my wall that says i got an education you know i'm not going to be worried about the anxieties of life or the you know even the victories like that sure when it all comes down to the end it's in large part about the loves that I have for the people, both yeah. in the, on this side and in the communion of saints. Um, all hey, right. we could talk let about this read, for a while, but thank you. Let me read a 
um, a letter that we got from a podcast listener, and then I'll read the prayers of okay. St. Joseph. Okay, Rock out. So this one is from um, Jared and the Crump family. Now, I have to confess. That's I, a great band name, Jared, Jared and, the and the Crump, Crump family. family. Oh, yeah. Would you play bass? What would you play? Um, the I've been working through a pile of old communications from Catholic stuff. Great. That I don't know whether or not I send thank yous to. Okay. Uh, but some of them are old, and I couldn't. Uh, this letter was in there, and I read it today, and was just moved because this was already on my mind. So, okay. Um, he, Jared says, um, while I was raised Catholic, I was not well catechized. This was not necessarily a fault of my parents, since they themselves did not have the proper tools to do so. Particularly my dad, who was raised Protestant and didn't convert to Catholicism until I was in college. This brings me to the main reason I wanted to write to you this letter. My dad has always been an intellectual guy. He's one of those people that has a wide v- array of knowledge. He was a teacher by trade and loved learning. When I started my journey of deepening knowledge of my faith, he began taking that journey with me. He quickly became a fan of your podcast as well, and we had many fruitful conversations on history, theology, and philosophy. We attended conferences together, shared insights, and grew closer in our mutual love of the church. In early January of this year, my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Five months later, in early June, he passed away. Mm -hmm. This event has been very tough on our family, but a calm of the presence of Jesus has been clearly present. This newfound love and appreciation for all that the church offers has been ever present. My dad died peacefully, surrounded by his family. We prayed rosaries by his bedside, recited the chaplet of divine mercy, and read him scripture. He received the sacrament of the sick the night before he died and received the apostolic pardon. A major grace was that I had asked the priest to do the apostolic pardon, and he later told me that he had not planned on doing it, not knowing that death was so imminent. The only reason I knew about this special blessing was because of your show. Those months leading up to my dad's death, I witnessed a damn near perfect acceptance of God's will. My dad prayed daily for a miracle, but always followed up with the words, Thy will be done. I can't help but feel that my dad was in a real way praying with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, asking for the cup to pass before him, but ultimately submitting to the Father's will. His testament of faith will always be what I hope to accomplish as a man, a husband, and a father. And then he goes on to just say thank you. Wow. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Thank you. Of a happy death. Thank you for sharing with us. That's profound. And just the... The accompaniment of the family, the being able to see the resignation of the Father to the will of God and um, the prayers of the church, you know, the joy that it brought them, that they had learned to pray this stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's beautiful. Thank you, Jared. All right, I'm going to pray these prayers. Yeah. I found two of them. Great. St. Joseph prayers for a happy death. And these are, just look online, so Joseph prayers for a happy death. Um, the first one is this. O blessed Joseph, you gave your last breath in the loving embrace of Jesus and Mary. When the seal of death shall close my life, come with Jesus and Mary to aid me. Obtain for me the solace for that hour, to die with their holy arms around me. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I commend my soul, living and dying, into your sacred arms. Amen. Amen. The second, O glorious St. Joseph, I choose you today for my special patron in life and at the hour of my death. Preserve and increase in me the spirit of prayer and fervor in the service of God. Remove far from me every kind of sin. Obtain for me that my death may not come upon me unawares, 
but that I may have time to confess my sins sacramentally and to bewail them with a most perfect understanding and a most sincere and perfect contrition, in order that I may breathe forth my soul into the hands of Jesus and Mary. Amen. Amen. Amazingly, uh, at some point in your life, you know, not just yours, but like other people's, like they will realize, oh, I did pray that prayer. Mm. Like, I did want that. And I don't know how God's going to answer that, but that could certainly draw a few people into heaven, which I love. Into the loving arms of Jesus and Mary with Joseph at our side. All right. That's the beauty of death. Go contemplate. That's no, that's November. The leaves folks fall watching. That's right. Hashtag. All right. Any shout outs? Nope. I don't want to do any shout-outs. That was beautiful. So, All right. So, so Jared Crump and the family. Yeah. And then, um, see, now I'm working through the shout-outs because of this. Um, well, here, how about Teresa Simeo, who was one of uh, Rose's roommates yeah. at Franciscan uh-huh. and has sent me uh, a spiritual bouquet right. for my 10th anniversary uh-huh. and my 11th yeah. anniversary. <laughs> and is very thoughtful. Thank you. And... Uh, have you thought? No, I've, I think I, ga- I think I gave you that that card from Teresa Simeo. Oh, thank you, Teresa. There you go. I think I had responded to her, but it, anyway, shout out. I just saw it again, and I'm grateful for the prayers. Cool. All right, folks, uh, we're at the end. Uh, Father Mike and I were going to podcast until 8:30, and it's a little later, so we're ready for bed. Here we now go. Now you let your servant go in peace. This is Catholic Stuff Podcast. Uh, check us out. Have a great week. Have a beautiful night and a great fall.